grab your favorite beverage, kick up your feet as you ascend with me into the joy portal of soul reflections, fresh perspectives, fun ideas, and wisdom. Light to light and heart to heart. Smile and breathe even deeper as together we will soar above the perception of all hurdles and shine brightly as the light we are. Welcome to Light Laughter and Lattes. My name is Jerry Habstreet. I'm an evasive quantum healer, medical intuitive, self-ascension intuitive counselor, and your friend and soul connection for the next hour. So welcome, everyone. Welcome, Oneness Talk Radio, Oneness Talk Radio Facebook, Oneness Talk Radio YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, and all the affiliates. I am so glad you are here The chat is open, so jump in and say hi. You are welcome to ask questions, and we will do our best to answer them as we go. And so I want to welcome everyone. We are in the middle of November, and this is really like the energy of our personal stories. And there's like a caveat to that. Um, We don't want to drown in these stories, but they are our stories of what got us here. And so I want to do just a little recap. If you can remember September, and I know, can you actually go back and remember September? Doesn't it feel like it was a long, long time ago, even though it was a couple months? So energetically, September was literally 12 days in one of mastery, meaning every single day we went through, we went through an additional 12 days. So by the time we hit the end of September, we went through an entire year of learning experiences, meaning all of the energy that needed to be looked at, needed to be healed, needed to be resolved, all that was going on inside of us that would we, we would normally go through slowly throughout a year, we brought it before us all in one month. And so for many people that looked like chaos, it was, there was a lot of anxiety. I saw lots of people with anxiety, myself included. Time was going so fast that I recall many days not eating, not exercising, not even having time to literally take care of myself because everything was moving so quickly because time was compressed. But the gift was when we got to the end of September, we were very clear on what it was that was in front of us because it was all all compressed into a smaller amount. And then we headed on to October. So October was um, a little bit of a relief. It was six days in one day. So by the time we hit the end of October, we had gone through another half year of mastery, which took us literally into 2022. So we have been given... Um, an opportunity, an energetic opportunity to get ourselves ahead of time, do healing faster, quicker, so that we can be energetically prepared ahead of time for whatever is to come. And so October was a little bit more of a breath. I know that I was able to breathe a little bit more, put my hand in my heart and say, okay, now what is here? And look at it and breathe through it. And then November hit and November was like a stop because we are back to one day equaling one day. And so all of that energy that got pulled up like literally a year and a half of it in two months is all just sitting there for November. And we on Friday, we will be completely out of the retrograde. And we'll be completely out of even the shadow of the retrograde. But yet for me, November has felt stronger than any retrograde I've ever experienced ever. Because all that energy was forced up and there it is sitting in front of us. And we've got one day equals a day equals a day to really look at it. It's not moving fast. We aren't as easily distracted. Now we can be, but it's, it's right there. It's present. And so here we are sitting with all of our stories. 
And so we are at an opportunity to either look at those stories right now and heal through them. I know there's been a lot of grief and a lot of sadness and a lot of anger for people right now. We have the opportunity to rise through it because right now we are in a choice month. We just came out of an illuminated new moon up until Friday. So we have an opportunity for massive expansions up until Friday. Um, if we don't get trapped in these stories and our ego loves stories and our ego loves to trap us because our ego doesn't want us to expand because it doesn't know what to do with that. And so that brings me to my guest here today. Um, my guest is Judy Miller, and she has written a book about her story, and it's called um, Perfect. It's, it's a guide of healing, forgiveness, and transformation. And I am going to welcome Judy in right now. It's Hi. great to be here. Hi, Judy. Welcome. Hi, how are you, Jerry? I'm doing great. So glad you're here. And I had, you know, I've interviewed so many people who are on the path of upliftment, upliftment and awakening and healing. And it's so much fun to hear the different journeys that got people to where they are. And yours is one of them. Um, can you share a little bit about your journey as a child and in the fear you talked about as um, as a mother and professional in in your life? Sure, I'd love to. So, Jerry, have you ever felt different, incomplete, or maybe even unworthy? Oh, of course. Haven't we all? <laughs> <laughs> so the reason I ask you that question and your listeners that question is because those feelings have literally plagued me for most of my life. I actually started my career as a CPA and then went to work in uh, corporate finance for over 20 years. And no matter what I did, I always felt different. I always felt unworthy. I always felt like I was nothing. But Jerry, what I learned on this journey was that in the nothingness, we could actually be anything that we want. And what I mean by that is when we let go of our stories, our labels, and our judgments, we could emerge as our true and authentic self. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And so can, can you share, um, so you talked about being plagued with this fear of sexual abuse, and there was nothing in your your recall that you could even track back of that happening to you. So it was like a fear that had arisen and you didn't even know why it was there. Right. Right. So I'd love to kind of give you and your listeners an overview of the story, if that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, as a child, I had fears as a child, like many children do. I was actually afraid of drowning, but I was terrified of the night and I'm talking true terror. And I was also afraid of being sexually assaulted. I had never been assaulted. So as a child, you could imagine these feelings and these emotions were extremely confusing. So Jerry, night after night, I would crawl into bed. I would pull the covers over my head and I would recite the Lord's Prayer over and over again until I would fall asleep. And this was my ritual night after night. It continued well into my 20s. As I mentioned, I started my career as a CPA. So here I am going to work, very traditional job during the day, and then at night, terrified of what I couldn't explain. And then I got married. I met my husband at work, and we had two incredible children. And in the exhaustion of raising two children, commuting three hours a day to work and working 40 to 50 hours a week, in that exhaustion, the terror went away. The subtle whispers, the energies, everything went away. But then my kids grew up, and they went off to college, and the house became silent. And in that silence, everything returned. It always felt like someone was standing behind me or if there were eyes staring at me from across the room. I would tiptoe around my house. I would wake up in the middle of the night clutching at fear and my husband. And soon we both began to lose sleep. And Jerry, around the same time, I actually started to bleed uncontrollably month after month. And my doctor said that I needed a hysterectomy. And I was terrified of this surgery and I couldn't understand why. So after becoming a CPA, I went to work in the healthcare industry. And I trust modern medicine implicitly, but that terror felt like the same terror that I had as a child and the same terror that I had as an adult. So a good friend of mine actually recommended that I read a book called Light Emerging by Barbara Brennan. 
And Barbara was a former NASA physicist, and you're shaking your head, so you're probably familiar with her work. I, I, she, one of her books was one of the first books I, I had ever read on my path. Yeah. Wow. Embraced so, by the light. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> so she actually studied the human energy field, and she was actually able to heal people with her hands. So literally days before my surgery, I'm Googling healers near me. And as I sat across on my healer for that very first time, I'm extremely auditory. I heard the click of a lock like my entire life was finally locking into place, but I didn't know the role that that healer actually played in my family's history. So my healer helped me heal after my surgery. And in the following months, we actually continued to work together to explore this uncontrollable fear of the dark. And we never talked about sexual assault. So she actually um, looked at my childhood experiences to see if anything actually elicited, but nothing came to mind. Then she actually introduced me to something that I had actually never even heard of. She introduced me to past lives. Um, she introduced me to the work of Dr. Brian Weiss. Um, he was a prominent psychiatrist. He studied at Columbia and Yale. She introduced me to the work of Michael Newton and Dolores Cannon. And then we also started to talk about my parents. We know that we inherit so many things from our parents, like the color of our hair, the color of our eyes, and other physical characteristics. But then we also started to talk about the science of epigenetics. And the science of epigenetics says that the, the pain and the trauma that our parents and our ancestors experienced could actually be passed down to their children. And they've actually shown with Holocaust survivors, the pain and the trauma that they faced actually was passed down to their children and their grandchildren. And recent studies have actually shown where they introduced the smell of cherry blossoms to the mice and then zapped the mice on the feet. Well, Jerry, as you could imagine, after a while, just the scent of cherry blossoms elicited this pain and this panic in the poor mice. But what was amazing was that the mice's children and their children, just the scent of cherry blossoms would trigger the same fear and panic. They had never been zapped and they never were exposed to the father that was zapped. So what we uncovered was that Pain and that trauma that I felt at night and that fear of assault was actually a cellular memory from my mother. I had actually never knew that she was actually abused as a child. And they say female babies are born with two to three million, two to three million of their reproductive eggs at birth. So on a cellular level, you were there for your mother's triumphs as well as her traumas in her childhood as well as in her young adulthood. So that pain and that trauma was actually the cellular memory. And Jerry, I'm not going to give away the ending of the story, but there's a shocking connection, as I alluded to, to the very healer I trusted to heal me in this lifetime. And in that moment of revelation, I could have felt fear, anger, or betrayal, but I didn't. All I felt was the immense love of the universe. I saw how all of our souls are actually interconnected across lifetimes and how we could truly never get it wrong. Well, and, and something you're ex, you're you're sharing very well is um, lineage holders that many of us came here as lineage lineage holders, literally to heal our lineage forwards and backwards. And so many of us, um, I'm saying us because I know that I'm one of them, and I'm pretty sure you are too. Um, was handed a, a challenging journey because we knew we could do it. And a lot of these lineage holders are the black sheep, right? They, they come in with a different pattern in them. They just don't fit in with the rest of the family because they're here to break a pattern. And oftentimes that pattern is a lineage pattern of dysfunction or unhealthy patterns, right? Mm -hmm. and, and once it's healed, it gets healed forwards and backwards. So it never has to be part of that lineage again. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I so love that. Isn't that beautiful. I mean, and somehow it makes whatever it is you had to go through worth it, knowing that your children and your children's children don't ever have to have to do that or experience mm -hmm. that. Absolutely. And they say some Native American cultures say we actually heal seven generations back and seven generations forward. I love that. That makes sense to me because seven is a number of mastery. So <laughs> makes good sense. <laughs> And so sh share a little bit, um, you talked a bit about an experience where you were, where you were in church or something where, yeah. 
So that's where a lot of my journey actually began. So a lot of my journey actually sounds like a near-death experience. I've always been fascinated with near-death experiences, but it was like I was dying with my eyes wide open. So it really kind of started on Good Friday. I was just sitting in mass, waiting for mass to start, listening to the choir. My kids were probably texting <laughs> texting each <laughs> other next to each other. And as I sat there, this literally out of nowhere, this overwhelming sense of love literally descended upon me. And it's every sense of love you could possibly imagine multiplied a million times, literally coursing through my body, through every cell. And I couldn't hold it in. And it just overflowed in, in, in tears. And the reason why I wanted to share this with you and thank you for asking is because, as I mentioned, for most of my life, I felt different. I felt incomplete. I felt unworthy. But if we knew how much we were loved, we would never doubt ourselves again. Truly, and, and that's absolutely key, is, is to trust, to trust the love that we are and to trust the being that we are. So you, you touched on a super, you know, so how did that change you then? You've had that experience. So how did, did you, was it just an experience for you or did it completely shift you? Well, it's interesting. I actually had a series of experiences. So that was just the first one. So if it's okay, I'd love to share some other ones with you Absolutely. because because I do believe that it has a message for us all. And um, the second one that I wanted to share with you was, you know, after my hysterectomy, um, I actually refused to take painkillers. I just read so many tragic stories about people becoming addicted. So I refused to take painkillers. So I would literally just lay in bed as still as possible because every time I sneezed, every time I moved, it felt like an electric shock going through my body. So I just laid in bed. And as I laid there, this Irish guy, this presence just drifted in and out of my awareness. And she would sit with me for hours just to be with me. And the message that she said is that we are never alone, never abandoned, always loved. If we knew who stood beside us, we would never be afraid. And, you know, you asked me, did it shift my life? Jerry, if you knew who stood beside you, do you think you would live your life differently? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. my life has totally shifted. And so what ways has it shifted? What what are you doing and capable of, capable of doing now that you weren't doing then? Well, you know, it's interesting. In your introduction, you were talking about stories, right? Mm -hmm. And what I, what I learned was that when we let go of our stories, our labels, and our judgments, we could experience each moment as if for the first time, where there's only joy and wonder. Like children, when you drop our stories, our labels, and our judgments, everything is new. Everything is miraculous. Yes, yes, yes. I, you, you have lots of points in your, around that. And so what is one of your tips? So, so for people now, as I mentioned, right now, a lot of people are sitting in their story. Because literally, I mean, we, we've got two months before we're heading in into a new year. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to carry any of my stories into next year, right? So collectively, you know, we had this push of this rise of energy to like lift up our stories so they're in our faces. So now we can heal them before we head into 2021 and we don't have to carry that baggage with us, right? Mm -hmm. And so what is one of your tips for um, when the story gets activated, how, how to come out of that? Sure. So I actually have several practices included in the book, but I like to use an acronym called NEST, N-E-S-T. So the N stands for notice. Truly notice our stories, right? Between stimulus and response, there's a gap, there's a space. We could actually determine what our reaction is. We could observe what our thoughts are, right? So I think that's our greatest superpower is to really notice our thoughts. We have over 60,000 thoughts a day. 95% of them are the same ones we had yesterday and the day before, and 80% of them are negative. So Jerry, the next time you have a negative thought, before it takes root, flick it off. So the first letter is N. So notice, truly notice your stories, right? The E stands for experience the sensations in our bodies. 
right? Mm -hmm. So, so many of us actually think about our sensations. So when an event happens, we think about it in our heads and we create a story instead of truly experiencing it in our bodies where it's meant to be felt. I believe that our bodies tell the truth. The stories created in our mind are not always true. So Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor wrote a book called My Stroke of Insight. She was a Harvard neuroscientist who was actually able to heal herself. And you're shaking your head from <laughs> traumatic brain damage. And in the book, if you remember, she has the 90 second rule. So when an event happens, good or bad, it only takes us 90 seconds to truly experience that event through our physiology and then let it go. After those 90 seconds, it's up to us. We could either truly just let it go. We can hang on to it and create a story. It could be an empowering story. It could be, it could be a disempowering story. So that's the E. The S is to scratch the record. We keep playing the same stories over and over again. We need to scratch the record so we can't play the same stories anymore. And some of these you've heard, you know, next time you have a negative thought, say cancel, 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 clear, right? Just interrupt that story. You could put a rubber band on your wrist. I know many people do and they kind of zap themselves. And I think that just disrupts the story and gets them back into their body. And then the one that I love, I learned from Tony Robbins probably 20 or 30 years ago. And I just call it zany crazy thing. So when my husband and I get into an argument, we get into that rut where we have to prove that we're right. Right? I don't know if you've ever been there. No, never. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> We, we agree in advance that whenever we get into that state, whoever remembers first reaches over and grabs the other person by the nose. And Jerry, we start to laugh uncontrollably that it totally disrupts the story. So I invite you and your listeners, if you have a certain story that you know you repeat over and over again, come up with something in advance that's zany and crazy that's going to help you disrupt that story. And then, Jerry, the last letter is the T, which is tender, loving care. You know, during COVID, so many of us feel isolated, feel we feel alone. And I believe that isolation is not isolation from each other. It's the isolation from ourselves. We become disconnected from our creator, the God of our understanding. We become disconnected from the essence of who we truly are. And what I mean by that is so many of us have abandoned ourselves emotionally, physically, spiritually, and COVID is forcing us home. They're, it's forcing us to reconnect with who we are. Exactly. So that's just a quick summary. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's forcing us to go inside and really look at ourselves. But yet there's distraction energy that's being supported, being literally like pumped into the, the thought body of the planet to keep us from looking at ourselves. And so energetically, it can be a challenge between... Our stories are really coming up and the ego really not wanting to look at them. So we're very easily distracted. And then all the additional energy that's out there constantly trying to get our attention elsewhere. Um, it can be hard, even though we are literally being, you know, quarantined in our homes with the opportunity to uncover everything. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, tell me, go ahead. I was going to say the most important aspect of Nest for me was really to experience my emotions in my body because so many of us have been trained not to, you know, boys don't cry, big girls don't cry. You know, we think about our emotions rather than actually feeling them as sensations in our body. So that was, that was the most important aspect of, you know, my journey for me. Well, and you, and you touched an important point because even though the stories aren't there. We don't want to drown in them, but we do need to heal through them. So we're, we shouldn't be denying them and, and ignoring them saying, well, it's a story. I'm just going to ignore it because we do have to, like you said, we need to acknowledge it, feel it, look at it, and then rise through it. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise it turns into joyful denial <laughs> right. And we're missing the healing opportunity and we'll stay stuck where we're at. Mm -hmm. So I've actually trained in ancestral healing and it's actually part of the end of the book. I've trained uh -huh. with John Newton. He's the founder of Health Beyond Belief. And um, basically it's to, you know, if there is a negative event or a story that you keep repeating over and over for me, it was being different. It felt literally like an elephant was sitting on my chest and I couldn't breathe. Um, so whenever I get into that contracted state, I take a moment and truly feel the sensations in my body. I'm acknowledging those sensations. 
And as I breathe gently into it, oftentimes an image or memory comes to mind. You know, it's often when I was young, it could be in your womb, it could be a past life, it could be an ancestral memory. And oftentimes it feels like you're making it up. But in that memory, it was probably a stressful moment. And what were you saying to yourself? And in my story, I was saying, why are you here? And it made absolutely no sense until I heard my mother's story. And that's what she was saying to her attacker. Why are you here? Mm. And then the third part of it is to actually say a forgiveness prayer. And, you know, if you're not religious, you can call it a recipe. <laughs> and just a small part of, part of it, if it's okay. It's, it's not religious. If, you, if it's okay to, to mention it, it's um, please help us all forgive each other, forgive ourselves, forgive all people, and all people forgive us completely and totally, please and thank you. So the three aspects is to truly feel the emotions and sensations in our body, to give a voice to that smaller, younger version of yourself, or it could be an ancestral wound, right? And then also to say a forgiveness prayer or recipe. And, you know, as you mentioned, when you did the introduction, the subtitle to my book is called A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. And forgiveness for me is just letting go of contracted negative energies or stories. It's not condoning the actions of another person. It's getting myself or other people out of that cycle of victimhood of repeating their stories over and over again. Right, right. Well, and unforgiveness traps your energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so then you have less energy free for your own peace, you know, love and joy in the world. So yeah, it's an important, important part of our healing process. And so you you talked a little bit about um, um, was it a Taoist, um, mm-hmm. a Taoist fable? Uh, yes, yes. Can you share that? Sure. And it's all about stories. So you know, perfect timing, like you said. So there's an old Taoist fable of a farmer and his horse, and his horse was his prized possession. And one day the horse ran away, and his neighbors came over to to console him, to say they're so sorry that his prized possession ran away. And then the next day, the horse actually came back with 12 wild horses for the farmer to train. And then the neighbors came back over and said, how lucky and how fortunate you are. And the farmer said, maybe. And then the next day, the farmer's horse was actually, the farmer's son was actually training the horses and he fell and he broke his leg. And then the neighbors came back over again and said, how unfortunate. And the farmer said, maybe. Then the next day, an army came through the town to enlist all eligible men. And his son was spared from being enlisted because he had broken his leg the previous day. And then the farmers come back, the farmers' neighbors come back over and said, how fortunate. And the farmer says, maybe. And the story can go on like this, you know, back and forth. But the farmer refuses to label events as either good or bad. And because he does that, he's able to weather life more easily. Um, You know, when we take that 1,000 foot view of life, then we can see how all of the pieces actually fit together to tell a much richer story. Oh, I love that. I love, and I love little fables and such, which brings me to. I have to show you. Can you see this? Oh, my goodness. One of my favorite books. So you and I have not talked at all. This was our <laughs> first talk. And every book I think that you've mentioned, I've read. And so I love this because this is like a children's, I don't know what, what you call it, um, a children's little, a little children's story about maybe why are he, why we're here, maybe why things happen the way they do. And back for me, when I was 34, I had an awakening where I was shown for a week straight in my dream state um, where I could be and what I could do. And I would be able to heal with my hands in person and from a distance. And I had to have absolute trust in myself, absolute trust. And during that period of time is when I stumbled upon this book. And, um, and I actually bought five of them because I was so in love with the story of the little soul in the sun and, and how, how is these little souls coming to earth? If we really want to learn forgiveness, well, then someone has to be there to give us something to forgive. Mm-hmm. And so it might be your best friend on some level, but what they do when you come to earth, they might not seem like your best friend. <laughs> and so this little book for me was a preparation of really what was to come for the next 
good 10 years <laughs> where, where my story played out. And it was like this book I've had to come back to over and over again while I was in the thick of the drama and the thick of the pain and the thick of the victim consciousness. And to remind myself, well, this person who, you know, for me, it was an ex-husband. <laughs> this person I know signed up for this with me. And has given me this platform so that I can remember who I am. Mm. And so I, I love that you brought this up. So what is your experience of this little book? I, I love the fact that you love the book. I knew I liked you right away. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, um, the second time I actually met with my healer, I actually gave the book to her as a present. And it's interesting because our journey together actually was about forgiveness. I learned all about forgiveness and this book foretold our whole journey together. Oh, lovely. <laughs> and you know how I apply it in my life now? So, you know, um, we were talking about how to, to truly feel our sensations in our body. And now when I have a contracted feeling in my body, I say, thank you. I say, thank you, because I know it's my body telling me that there's something to heal. There's something to let go of. And, you know, when we look at it on a grander scale, when we look at it, you know, globally, there's so much contraction on the planet, you know, with, um, you know, relationships, um, you know, with the elections, with, you know, natural disasters, etc. And I believe that the contraction that we're feeling now is the universe's infinite intelligence telling us that it's now time to heal. It's now time to heal our relationships. It's now time to heal the planet. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely, I think it has been for a while, but now it's just um, abundantly in our face. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think we can deny it much longer because it's, it's just so present. And especially with how the energy, did, did you notice September? How was September for you? I felt kind of uh, frustrated. Uh <laughs> Did, did you realize we were going through 12 days in one day? No, I did not. <laughs> okay, well, celebrate because we are now, we've, we've now gone through like 2022. So we are like, you know how you look back and you say, well, I wish I knew now what I knew then. So we're like at that point. We now know now what we, <laughs> like we, we uh, progressed ourselves ahead of time so we could be more wise, healed, and prepared for what's to come. Mm -hmm. if, Absolutely. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. You, one, of the, one of the things that I discovered by accident, I would love to share with you and, and your listeners. Yes, please do. You know, we were talking about how a lot of these things started on Good Friday, and it was a series of different, I would call either mystical or spiritual experiences. And I believe it was because I was opening my heart week after week. You know, for so much of my life, I actually closed off my heart. But I discovered this totally by accident. And, um, you know, as I went to see my healer week after week, I would lay on her table and she would work on me for 15 to 45 minutes. So I would just close my eyes. And I invite you to do the same thing if you'd like, if you'd like to close your eyes now, if you're comfortable doing so. And uh, if it's safe for your listeners, they can participate as well. So as I laid on the healing table with my eyes closed, I would actually picture or imagine someone or something that I loved. I would picture my husband, a memory, I would, my children, you know, a friend, my dog who thinks he's a cat and just makes me laugh. And I would actually experience that emotion and those sensations throughout my entire body. What was I seeing, feeling, hearing, tasting, smelling, touching? And I would let that sensation just flow through every cell of my body. And then I would actually bring in another image or memory. It could be the beautiful sunset I saw that day. It could be the first time I actually saw a snowfall, the first time I actually held my children in my hands, or the first time I ever kissed my husband. And then I would bring in another image or memory, and I would feel every sensation. And then my mentor, Dr. Sue Mortar, said that you can then actually just multiply that sensation multiply 10 times, maybe even 20 times. And then you could put your hand on your heart and say, this love is for me. This love is me. And what I love about it is that took less than a minute. 
and it's not dependent on anyone or anything. We could elicit those same feelings of love in any moment. And I invite you to open your eyes if you'd like. Yeah, beautiful. That's a lovely practice. And I found that by opening my heart, so many miracles came through. I'd love to share just another one. Uh, go ahead. Yes, please do. So as I was laying on the healing table during one session, my healer said, you know, would you like to be hypnotized? And I had never been hypnotized before. And she said, you know, maybe we could uncover, you know, where some of these fears and traumas were coming from. And I said, okay. And as I laid there, I knew what was going on, but I felt like I was ascending, like my body was rising first through this purple haze and then out into this bright white light. And I felt myself actually merging with this overwhelming sense of love. And again, I mentioned that they do sound like near-death experiences. Mm -hmm. But as I was there, I got another message. And the message was, we could all come home. We could all come home by loving and accepting who we are exactly as we are, that the joy is in the reunion and the remembrance of who we are. And I think that's so important because so many of us don't love and accept ourselves for who we are. Exactly. Well, and Judy, I love what you just described because I'm a self-ascension intuitive counselor. And what you described really is like the core of the path of self-ascension, which starts with opening the heart. And, and actually, it's opening the ascended heart. So typically, our chakras, before we have entered ascension mode, or like an orbital spin. And that's what Barbara Brennan teaches in her book, I believe, The Hands of Light. Mm -hmm. And then when you ignite your ascended heart, it turns into an infinity. And the heart is actually a double infinity. And when you lift up and you get into your exploded crown to ascend is to kind of lift up and bring your heart up, you would first go through the purple and then the gold and then to the pure white light at the top. And ideally, the, the goal of ascension is to lift so your consciousness really exists there while you're carrying a body in the physical form. So you're walking around the world in the world, but not of the world, meaning the stuff that's going on isn't pulling at you. You're, you're done with it all. You're just here in service. And so you, you describe that. <laughs> wow. You know, like you said, you know, coincidences. It's so great to be on this show because now I can understand, you know, what I was going through. So thank you for describing that and explaining it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that you had that experience. Is, is there anything more about your experience or your book that you think um, would be helpful for the listeners for this period of time we're in right now? So it's about stories, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'd love to share another story. Yes. You know, for most of my life, I felt different. Um, for a variety of different reasons. And so, of course, I attracted a man into my life that was totally different from me. So my husband is totally different, um, racially, culturally, spiritually, religiously, totally different. And um, like I said, so many miraculous things happened when I was opening my heart. And I'm not a medium. And when his mother passed away, um, she came to visit me. And for most of my marriage, I actually closed off my heart from my husband's family because I didn't want to feel that I wasn't loved. I didn't want them to judge me. I felt that they wouldn't accept me. And when she came to visit me, she literally showed me like a near-death experience. Every interaction that I had with my husband and his family literally went by in seconds. I saw everything. And what she showed me and what she taught me was because I felt different. I made myself different. What my outer world was just a reflection of my inner world and that, you know, I had made myself different. And that was the story that I was creating. And through that moment, um, she helped me to learn to release those stories. So all the other thing that I learned was that love is never too late, even in death. So I am so grateful for the message uh, that she taught me. Yeah. Aren't we amazing creators? <laughs> <laughs> We're super. <laughs> we literally created all the stuff, even the stories. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's fascinating, especially when you, you know, we see that collectively, like look at our collective creation. 
<laughs> you know, um, in my forward to my book, the, the forward to the book is written by Marcy Shimoff. Uh, she wrote uh, Chicken Soup for the Women's Soul and Happy for No Reason. And in the forward, she talks about um, Angeli Zarian, who's a cultural anthropologist. And she says that in certain indigenous cultures, it's actually good. It's important to share our stories with loving and supportive people, but no more than three times. Because if you, re if, you, if you repeat your story more than three times, they actually take you and hang you over a cliff until you're willing to let go of the story and see the wisdom in it. Oh, I love that story too. I don't know that I want to hang over a cliff, but it's certainly a good idea. I think we, a lot of us would stop with our stories right now. <laughs> exactly. So it's just a great visual. Absolutely. Let me see. I think we have about another 10 minutes or so. Is there anything more that you would like to, it seems like you've had so many wonderful experiences I am so grateful for all the experiences that I've had. <laughs> well, absolutely. Don't they bring it there? They are what gets us to where we are at right now for this time. And so <laughs> many of us were prepped for this time now so that we can hold an energy of presence while everyone else goes through what they need to go through to get them to where they need to be. <laughs> Mm -hmm, absolutely. And you know, in the 1930s, Emmett Fox wrote a book called The Seven-Day Mental Diet. And basically what it was is for seven days, never have a negative thought. And he said it'd be one of the most difficult things that you would ever do in your life. But once you achieve it, your life will be totally transformed. So before when we were talking, so again, this was written in the 1930s. And, and, and what he said is when an ember lands on your shirt sleeve, you know, flick it off before it becomes a fire, before it becomes a blaze. So I do that a lot. Just, you know, whenever I start to have a negative thought, I will literally just flick it off. Um, so that helps me also. I like that. Well, I think I'm going to take that challenge. Wow. <laughs> seven day. Well, I'm pretty good. I usually, I usually do a control out delete. I'll like, nope, stop, control, delete. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> you know, the first time I started doing it, I couldn't get through a day without having a negative thought. So when you first start out, you know, if it's a little challenging, that's okay. Yeah. You know, how about you? Because I know so many people are influenced by social media, the news, and there's so much negativity being pumped into all of that, that affects us in ways that we're not even aware of that because it gets into our subconscious. Do you, do you make it a habit to disconnect from all that or how do you navigate through that? So my teachers that I had growing up would probably be appalled, but I do not watch the news. Um, I figured if there's something important, someone's <laughs> going to tell me, like my husband, who's always watching the news. I'm very careful about who I hang out with. They have to be loving. They have to be supportive. They have to be, you know, um, positive, positive people to be around. Um, I'm careful about what I put into my body, what I put into my mind. I think it's so important now, like you said, we're being bombarded with so much that we have to be very conscious right now of what we're allowing into our, you know, into our minds as well as our bodies. Right. Into our energy fields. Exactly. And especially once you really know that you're a creator and it's your energy field that's creating, then you mm -hmm. can become very conscious of your thoughts, what you're connecting with, who you're connecting with, what you're focusing on. <laughs> right. And, you, you know, if anybody's visual, so, you know, around our human body, we have the human energy field. I guess it's like highways or lanes on a highway. And those stories and those judgments and those labels literally, you know, clog up our energy field. You know, it could be like a broken down car if you want to think about it that way. And when we have all that gunk in our energy field, it literally distorts the way that we see reality. And just as a simple example, you know, when you put on pink glasses, everything appears pink. So the same thing happens with our energy field. When we put gunk and stories in there, it does distort the way that we see the world. Absolutely. Oh, this is so funny. I feel like I'm talking to myself. Like you, <laughs> you look different. <laughs> but what you're saying could be very well what I'm saying. 
<laughs> so, so uh, you know, just along the same thing then. So, you know, our, our human body is infinitely intelligent. It's like a blueprint. And there's been so much work done, you know, the late Louise Hay with You Can Heal Your Body and the work that I do with John Newton, um, who's my mentor. But our body is so infinitely intelligent that our stories literally get attached to certain places. And again, this is a gross generalization, um, but, you know, the fear that I had of being assaulted, how did it manifest? It manifested in a hysterectomy. Um, oftentimes, people who carry a story or judgment or some type of trauma um, about being afraid in life, oftentimes it manifests in their elbow. Or if you feel that you're stuck and you can't move forward in your life, it could be an issue with your leg or you have too much responsibility. It could be your back or you could be your shoulder. And again, this is a gross generalization, but our bodies are so infinitely intelligent. Our bodies hold the story. Absolutely. Yeah. Our, our bodies are our greatest truth detector. So yeah. when we're odd, out of alignment with the truth of who we are, our bodies will tell us. And mm -hmm. it's actually a sign if, if we're in perfect balance or not, which literally comes from our hearts is where the perfect balance comes from. And yeah, that our bodies are definitely an indicator of that. So yeah, as a medical intuitive, that's some of the work I do with people is, okay, so let's see what emotions are being held here or why you're having trouble moving forward. You know, um, it, it's really the art or study of that. <laughs> mm -hmm. You do lots of amazing work. I'm so impressed. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, just a little bit about the book. So the book is actually broken up into three parts. So okay. 80 to 90% of it is actually written like a novel, the story that I shared with you, um, because I had heard people only read the first 19 pages of a book. So I wanted them to read it all the way to the end because there is a shocking ending. And then um, there's a handful of pages which are reflections. So I know that my story might sound unusual, maybe uncommon to some people, but what are some of the lessons that people could actually apply in their own lives? Like how can they let go of their own stories? And then there are some very simple exercises because I know how people are so busy. Simple exercises to actually embody the lessons into your life. And I don't know if uh, we have time, but you know, um, my website is Judy Miller. Yep. J-U-D-I Miller.net. And uh, you can buy the book on Amazon. But if you go to my website, there's actually five free bonus gifts from my five favorite mentors. They're actually part of the Transformational Leadership Council. And uh, the reason the reason I asked them to contribute these is because I wanted people to have the same resources to kind of go through a similar experience. And then on my website, totally free, Jerry, for your listeners, no purchase necessary. I have my free ebook called Awaken the Creator Within. Mm. All my social media handles and my blog are all there. Okay. Well, that's awesome. And I love that your book provides practices for people because it's, you know, it's always nice to hear someone's story and be inspired and get your own ahas, but to have an actual tool or practice that you can use when you're in a situation is just so helpful <laughs> and mm -hmm. so nice. So that is great. Love that. <laughs> you know, we were talking about energy before, so I'd love to just share with you one of the simple exercises. Please do. So one of them is to create. One of them is to create because we are the creator. We are a creative life force. And when we don't create or express that creativity, what happens is it can also get stuck in our human energy field, get stuck in our body and manifest as pain and possibly something else or disease. So it's so important for us to be creative. And it could be, you know, for me, it's playing classical guitar. I love classical guitar. It could be dancing. It could be singing. But what I discovered, it doesn't even have to be that complicated because we have opportunities every day to be creative. We could be creative in how we dress, how we decorate our home, the meals that we prepare for our family. Because we're a creative life force, it's so important to have creative expression. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And not only that, but that aspect of us creating is really connected with that inner child, which is connected to our ego and anything we can do to keep that inner child happy and alive, the more apt it is to go along with our expansion <laughs> as we grow. 
<laughs> and so, yes, yes, yes. It's important for all of us to keep creating, especially now when things don't look so great in the outer world, when you're driving through and you're, everyone's in masks and a lot of people are in fear to be seeing what's not there and what could be there. Mm, you know, to constantly yeah. be seeing it how we want it. And that's a great way to use our creative energy right now and our vision to um, send that energy out to change this world, bring it into greater harmony. <laughs> Absolutely. And I got another easier, uh, easy one as well that I'd love to share. I think we're good. We've got like three minutes, so go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one of the one of the one of the challenges that I had that I inherited from my mother was also the inability to use my voice. So whenever I had to speak, I would literally freeze and I couldn't speak. Um, and that was one of the things that I was actually able to heal as well. But one of the things my healer taught me was to sing. So sing and let your spirit find its voice. So not only does singing open up your throat chakra, it opens up your other chakras as well. Mm -hmm. So Jerry, um, you know, I started in accounting and finance. And so I used to do a lot of presentations for work. So I would literally sneak out into the parking lot, get in my car, turn the radio on and start singing. And then I would sneak back into the office and then I would do my presentation because not only did singing open up my throat chakra, just the forward momentum kept me going. And it was such a blessing. Um, and it also brought me a sense of joy. You don't want to hear me saying I'm tone deaf, but it also <laughs> brought me a sense of joy. And I learned that, you know, our throat chakra is not just about our voice in the world, but it's also about manifesting. Um, so it's so important. Well, absolutely. And if you think about how you know, the lower chakras can carry so much energy, especially a lot of the stuff with the past, the pains and stuff. Those are sacral and solar plexus. But the key to lifting up like you, you had the experience of, right, to move up into your crown. Well, we've got this tiny little throat chakra here, which is just like a funnel that can block all of that great expansion and upliftness upliftment mm -hmm. into those those areas so i i love your tip about singing um that's as soon as i get in my car i don't stop <laughs> i don't stop i don't sing for anyone else but in my car nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great thing to do it is well judy this was lovely it would be so much fun to have you here and anyone who's listening um i think your book would be fabulous. It's called Perfect, and and it is a the, a guide to love, forgiveness, and transformation, and definitely healing. Um, so thank you so much for being here, and thank you everyone for listening. I hope you have a fabulous week. Namaste. Thank you for listening in to Light Laughter and Lattes. It has been my honor and pleasure. Please visit jerryhab.wix.com and check out my services and my packages. I work with people in person and from a distance, and I also give free 15-minute consultations. And so until next week, may your week be filled with light, laughter, and a whole lot of love. <laughs>